Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Rick Sweet. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the 350th show of ROI, and our guest for today's show is Dr. Wallace Heddle, professor of history at the University of Northern Iowa, and we're going to be talking about the American radical tradition. Our history buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Terry Toppler. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Sapsapital, and our producer and engineer, as always, is Dave Baker. This is the opening segment of the show called Farouk Tanaran, and today we'll be talking about the American radical tradition with Dr. Wallace Heddle, professor of history at the University of Northern Iowa. Wallace, could you give us a definition of radical? Um, it um, comes from an ancient word uh, that is going to the root. Um, and so radical would mean... Um, going to um, the essential, see, see if I can now repeat the word root, um, uh, the, un, the underbelly of a problem. Um, so rather than um, doing a minor repair or quick fix, um, a radical would look to um, what's the fundamental about the situation. Okay. So most of us learn in elementary school that the founding fathers were radicals, uh, at least from the English point of view. Um, so that leads me to, to my question of, is point of view important in terms of talking about radicalism? Is radicalism a very much an eye of the beholder kind of thing? Um, it could be viewed in the eye of the beholder. One way to think about radicals and the revolutionary generation is to start with that term founding fathers um uh that's kind of gone out um uh, with historians now it's more common to talk about the founders um and the reason why is not just uh political correctness um that founding fathers sounds kind of patriarchal but rather that that term uh, originates in a speech given by warren harding uh, in 1923. So it's a little bit of that time, of the 1920s, rather than of the revolutionary generation. Um, but that idea that a radical is um, how, you, uh, how you view them um, is true, and, um, uh, and that's a good question. Um, I'm, I hesitate to say it's just the way you look at it, um, because that suggests that um, the Ku Klux Klan could be viewed as radical if you wanted to. Um, and I would say that radicals are in favor of change. Um, and that's the difference between um, looking at them from a purely uh, subjective point of view. Wallace, I um, I am a, uh, a proud graduate, uh, undergraduate, and graduate degree from UNI and uh, oh, good for you. in political science. And and uh, uh, one of my, I, I think he is retired, but Dr. Dahundra Vashpe 
was my uh, chairman of my graduate committee. And uh, he got me into the wonderful world of uh, radical uh, revolutionaries as part of my uh, uh, research on my, my thesis. And I, I must admit, I've, I've always considered radicals as uh, sort of bomb-throwing, destructive, uh, you know, uh, chaos and, and uh, rack and ruin. But uh, from uh, your answer to Jay's question, that's not necessarily so. Yeah, and you start, I, boy, I hate to start with the presence, but um, I sure was surprised four years ago when, when Bernie Sanders came along. Oh, um, yes, yes. I had no idea that there was this guy um, sitting in the Senate uh, for three decades um, who, um, in many of his affiliations, um, uh, identified with American radicalism. Um, he doesn't talk about it th- uh, that much anymore, but four years ago he talked about his um, admiration for the socialist Eugene Depp. Um, and actually had a picture of Debs in his office. And I think that um, Bernie Sanders is no Debs. Debs was an independent trade unionist who um, was jailed a couple of times. But um, uh, it, at the very least, um, shows some continuing relevance um, of the category. Does the, the definition, maybe the definition is the wrong word, um, does the 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 identification of radicalism change throughout American history? Um, well, it does because everything changes over time. Um, at the same time, I would want to get away from definitions. Um, uh, historians, unlike political scientists, are a little more empirical, and so. Um, the problem I have with um, defining radicalism is that it does change over time. So Lincoln um, is very much a, a radical in his day. Um, there's really nothing more radical than you can do than um, uh, be at the helm of a horribly destructive war that emancipates four million people. Um, at the same time, Lincoln's radicalism um, today would be um, a very pale um, kind of conservatism. Um, does that make sense? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, Wallace, it's um, uh, hearkening back to my uh, my brilliant academic career of, of 50 years ago, uh, actually. Uh, the... Uh, uh, American tradition of radicalism doesn't necessarily necessarily equate to uh, revolutionary activity, or does it uh, relate to revolutionary activity? No, I think um, uh, if we look by that standard, the standard of revolution, you would find it uh, almost nowhere. Um, And yet, um, I think the category, and you would find it nowhere uh, in a lot of societies. You, you wouldn't find it in England since the 1600s. Um, I think that um, uh, you can be, well, let's go on Lincoln again. Um, Lincoln leads 
was definitely a revolution. Um, the, you know, it's sometimes called the Second American Revolution. But at the same time, temperamentally, um, he was no revolutionary. Um, he calls the session uh, the essence of anarchy uh, because he was a lawyer and he believed in the system and keeping it together. Um, uh, so it was not his inclination um, to be revolutionary. Um, at the same time, he um, uh, was acquainted with Frederick Douglass, who was, by inclination, uh, a revolutionary. So I think the category can involve um, both kinds of folks. Okay. Well, we have a lot more to talk about, so please stay tuned. For the next segment of our show, this is ROI on KALA, St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. KALA, 88.5 FM, the radio station with the most diversity in the Quad City region. Jazz, blues, R&B, hip-hop, Spanish and Hispanic programming, gospel, new rock, oldies, news, and shows addressing local community issues. And the world's best in entertainment and news from Public Radio International. Here's something different on KALA, 88.5 FM, the most diverse radio station in the Quad City region. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Rick Sweet. And my name is Jay Swords. This is the second segment of the show referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Dr. Wallace Heddle, professor of history at the University of Northern Iowa, and we're talking about the American radical tradition. Our history buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Terry Toppler. And Rick, as you pointed out numerous times in the first segment, you are a resident political scientist, so why don't you start us off for the second segment? Well, you know how difficult it is to get a master's degree from the University of Northern Iowa. They make you write a thesis. Oh, is that right? And people uh -huh. don't write anything. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, Wallace, uh, the uh, obviously the title of the the program is the the uh, uh, American radical tradition. Uh, in a in a nutshell, if you can, I know you teach a course on it, but what is America's radical t uh, tradition? Well, I think if you're looking at people who are um, temperamentally radical, you have to start with Thomas Paine. Um, the great American revolutionary, um, and the only one to die broke, and the only one to participate in the French Revolution, uh, and the only one to be really forgotten. Um, there are no statues of Tom Paine that I know of. Um, uh, he's the, the member of the founders who's gone. Um, after him, I think you just look at the abolitionist movement, which arguably is the most successful part of our radical tradition. Um, they wanted to get rid of slavery. They did. Um, they didn't get the kind of world exactly that they wanted, but they, um, using a lot of different tactics, uh, 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 nonviolent non and on rare occasions violent, they they got what they wanted. Um, and then after the Civil War, um, there's lots of different kind of people that you can see, but 
um, I think of that, that post-war Gilded Age um, through the prism of labor. Um, I think the labor movement is really what captures our attention um, during that period. Um, and then as you move into the 20th century, um, W.E.B. Du Bois, who was um, the first African-American to get a Ph.D. at Harvard, um, and a longtime leader of the NAACP, um, he uh, declared that the, the defining question of the 20th century would be the question of what he called the, the color line. Um, and um, I think um, he was correct to predict that as the thread around which um, you see the radical tradition um, cohering through much of the 20th century. A little, a short thing is a little bit because it's a, a, a short answer to a huge question. But right, yeah. right. Well, and, and we're pretty good at asking those kind of questions, so prepare yourself. All right, okay. Terry. Yes, um, Wallace, you talked about the definition of radical earlier. So my question is, today's definition of radical, would that equate to activist? Because I'm thinking in regards to the environmental movement, where finally it's taken decades for the climate change to be even become part of our everyday uh, lexicon. So would you say that would be the same, radical and activist? Uh, yes. Um, I think activism is what's called for now. And I have a sense, um, now here in Cedar Falls, Iowa, you're not in touch with um, that much with radical movements, but um, the idea of the Green New Deal, that you can link environmental a catastrophe, fixing that uh, to the labor movement. Um, that's a really exciting idea. And, um, and it's an idea that um, would re require a transformation in American society. I think any solution uh, to climate change would require um, really great change. Um, maybe not as great as it's now portrayed, um, uh, I think the people can still eat a little meat and still fly in airplanes occasionally. But, um, yeah, environmental activism uh, is a crucial part of the, that tradition. Right. Um, Wallace, so to kind of piggyback on Terry's question, it feels to me a lot like like radicalism is a reaction to or a response to whatever is that status quo or dominant um, cultural or political um, ideology at the time. And, and so my question is, so if, if I'm looking at political candidates or political movements or I'm looking at environmental movements or whatever, how do I distinguish radical ideas from ideas that are simply attempts to alter the, the, the conventional thinking? Um, well, um, I think it depends on the time period. Uh, to use the example of the period right after the Civil War, they talked about a radical reconstruction. And there, radical meant that incredible idea of allowing African Americans to vote. Um, and um, well, what but that's a period where African-Americans had recently been enslaved. So it was a pretty radical thing to happen. Um, 
Now, universal suffrage today um, would be um, kind of accepted um, as the norm by most people. Um, there are some impediments to um, in voter suppression and so forth, but um, I think that we're in a qualitatively different situation than when we were 100 years ago. So I do think that um, thinking about how it's embedded in the times that it's in um, is a re really useful way to think about it. Wallace, if uh, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, changes that are good for for society as over over a historical period, uh, I'm going to take a darker view of this. Uh, the election of Donald Trump to the uh, presidency uh, and his and his uh, intentional and uh, heavily broadcast through tweets and what have you dismantling certain structures and processes in, in the American federal government. Does this fall within uh, the, your, uh, would this fall within your course on uh, uh, American radical tradition? Well, thank God I stopped around 2000. Um, <laughs> so I don't you you are our that. hero. <laughs> yeah. Dodge um, that bullet. And, and that is, I think, sometimes the appropriate thing to do. Um, this is, we, just last week, in my introductory course, um, I was encouraging students to go to the caucuses and to write about it. Um, and the way I did that was I asked them to write about what they were doing that evening um, to take account of kids who are Republicans and kids who are independent or kids who are lazy. And um, uh, as you get closer to the present day, um, people get more um, idiosyncratic. It's so hard to talk about Trump in class. Um, I don't know how political scientists do it. Um, uh, I have a hard time. I, I don't have a hard time being objective about the present situation. I don't have any ability to be objective about the present situation, um, and so uh, I tend to keep my mouth shut. No, <laughs> as to whether yes. Donald Trump's a radical, um, I'd say not really. Um, I think he's identified really with preserving the system as it is, um, and with surprising on Trump is that um, he's managed to enact an agenda which is very much uh, the Republican agenda um, as it exists um, almost every time they get into power. Um, I think the biggest thing he's done is a big tax cut in his first year. Um, but almost any other Republican would have done the same thing. Good. Yeah, Wallace, I'd like to ask about this well, one word that comes to mind. Um, when I think of your word for radical as in favor of change, I think there's a hidden word in there and it has to do with suffering. I think people want change when they see for whatever's going on in their current time period to stop the suffering. What would you say it is for today? And who would be our radical visionaries for today? Well, that idea of alleviating suffering, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, and where I'd caution um, a person about that is that um, with the um, uh, border situation um, and the story about children being locked up um, afterwards, I had a very idiosyncratic conservative in my life 
um, at that time. And I think she actually um, enjoyed the seeing the suffering because she viewed it as essential to ending the problem of immigration. Um, uh, in general, though, I think that thinking about suffering and wanting to fix it um, is a good way of thinking about it because it puts you um, in line with uh, a lot of things that do go back in our history. Um, certainly the abolitionists and the slaves have that um, same kind of dynamic. And the labor question um, that preoccupies us so much of American history um, is, again, um, they're not just victims who suffer, but um, there are people who suffer uh, as well as try to fix things themselves. Um, Wallace, I'm, I'm going to ask kind of the second to the last question of this section. Um, I'm just curious. So, you know, generally the, 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 the idea that we tend to think is that radicals very rarely succeed, that radical movements are very rarely successful in, in any meaningful way, uh, with the exception of revolution. If you don't have some sort of massive revolution, then it, it, they, they don't succeed. Yet you've given us several examples of radical movements that have succeeded. So my question would be, let's say for the 20th century, um, what radical movements do you think have really been successful um, and, and are driving sort of 21st century thought processes? Well, I think you can talk about um, in the 20th century um, labor unions uh, coming out of the 1930s. Um, they brought us to the weekend, and we should thank them, if, if nothing else, uh, for that. Um, I think that other big moments are, of course, in the 1960s, um, earning the end of the Vietnam War is a remarkable achievement. Um, and the Civil Rights Movement at the same time uh, is an even more remarkable achievement that really sets the tone for everything that comes later. Now, I think a low point for uh, a successful radical change uh, is the 1980s, which happens to be the decade that I was in college. Um, I feel like I kind of miss some of the stuff that I talk about in class. Um, but another way to think about successful radical change uh, is, again, to think about Bernie Sanders, because he wasn't elected, um, and yet other candidates have adopted so much of his uh, platform. Um, the idea of the $15 an hour minimum wage, which is essential in expensive cities, um, that wasn't there. Um, before he introduced it into the discourse. Um, and the idea of a wealth tax uh, is a new one, but he put it uh, on the agenda. He may never be elected. I, I, I'm very skeptical about whether he could be nominated or elected this year. Um, but I still think you could call him a success because he's, um, through talking, essentially, um, uh, had some success in changing people's ideas. Yeah, I would also add, too, of course, in the 20th century, we have the women's rights movement, because we have, haven't even gotten to 100 years yet where women have had the right to vote. You know? Isn't that amazing? I know, it is amazing. I think of my grandmother, who was a county superintendent in Iowa, 
in their early years. And when she was born, uh, she couldn't vote, you know, in her 20s, early 20s. So it's amazing how far we have come. Uh, yeah, how far we've come and how far um, we have left to go. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I remember the, that. The Me Too movement, I think, mm-hmm. which is something I don't teach about, um, and maybe I should, um, is, to me, extraordinary because you find um, uh, terrible instances of sexual harassment in places, precisely the places you wouldn't look for. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't think that there would be uh, a sexual assault crisis in some of our best universities. And you wouldn't think that uh, an admirable figure like Joe Paterno, the football coach, would end up um, uh, being involved in a scandal. And you wouldn't think that, you know, Harvey Weinstein was a good liberal. He was a friend of Hillary Clinton, um, and he made lots of good movies, we have to say. Um, we might as well met, and yet he was a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that on the table and talked about it is a phenomenal uh, thing. Well, when it, uh, it is customary that we give our guests the last word on our show, Wallace, what do you think knowing about the American radical tradition is relevant in today's world? It's relevant in today's world. I think what I identify with in the radical tradition is a certain um, habit of mine. I think um, to go to the roots of social problems, um, to talk about things that are uncomfortable to talk about sometimes, um, to challenge people who you expect to be in power, um, I think those are really remarkable um, things. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. This program, the award-winning Relevant or Irrelevant, is heard Friday evenings at 9.30 p.m. Central Time on KALA HD2 or 106.1 FM in the Quad City area. You can listen over the air or anywhere via TuneIn.com. To hear this program and many other archived editions at any time, visit SoundCloud.com. Search for username KALA Radio. There you'll find Relevant or Irrelevant and many other productions produced at the St. Ambrose University Communications Center. This concludes our 350th show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme and was written and performed by Mark Zap Zapital. My name is Rick Sweet. And my name is Jay Swords. We'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Wallace Heddle, professor of history at the University of Northern Iowa, who's been talking to us about the American radical tradition. Our history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Terry Topler. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all of our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotsa Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night.